Master G, ISSA internationally recognized master trainer, undergrad in exercise physiology, sports nutritionist, also finishing a master's degree with a concentration in human performance. Welcome to my podcast series. This is the real education on everything nutrition, real talk, real information, delivering real results. So let's get right into it. Here we are at week 18. Everything's wrapping up here in New Orleans. Uh, after Hurricane Ida, things are starting to get back to normal. So I hope all the listeners out there that uh, had some damage, hopefully you're starting to get some relief and starting to get life back to some normalcy. Uh, uh, definitely in my heart and prayers as we continue to rebuild New Orleans and the outlining cities all the way down to Lafouche Parish and whatnot. So you definitely got my love and support out there. Um, so today we are continuing our macronutrient breakdown. We are going to get into the one misconcepted macronutrient out of all of them, which is carbohydrates, also known in short as carbs. So real quick, the thing about carbohydrates is that they have been labeled literally as like the devil when it comes to weight loss or weight gain. You know, there's a lot of misconception that carbohydrates and sugars is what causes diabetes. There's just been so much misinformation out there about carbohydrates that hopefully in this short podcast that I can help demyth and debunk a lot of that information and really give you a true sense of what a carbohydrate really is and what it actually does and how if you've been taking them out of your diet, stop doing that today and start putting them back in, whether it be in a systematic fashion or all out because carbohydrates really are the fuel source for the human body. So real quick, we talked last week about protein. We talked about how protein has four calories for every gram and guess what carbohydrates are literally identical to the protein molecule as to how many calories are elicited and how much energy you get from an actual gram so every gram of carbohydrates elicits four kilocalories of energy and real talk carbohydrates are the primary first used energy source in the entire human body so the body does not ever turn to adipose tissue also known as fat as its primary energy source unless it is literally the only energy source in the body which is the entire theory and replication and replication and process of what is known as the keto diet so carbohydrates your body automatically fuels those first so we really need to get an understanding of what a carbohydrate is then if that's the first essence of what the body turns to whenever it's in need of energy so there's two really types there's two real types of carbohydrates out there there's a simple carbohydrate and a complex carbohydrate both have four calories for every gram the difference between a simple and a complex carbohydrate is how long that energy source is going to burn and last within the body so theoretically a simple carbohydrate a simple carbohydrate is something that actually literally has small amount of molecules one two three molecules it burns very repetitive very rapid within the body so you're going to get a small amount of sustained energy these are your sugar-based carbohydrates so this is uh you know your your table sugar cane sugar honey um you know these are all your fruits this is sucrose and fructose so these are all of your simple carbohydrates your simple carbohydrates are going to give you about 30 minutes after consumption to about two hours worth of energy at its peak level 
So that is literally where we get like the sugar rush from, right? If you drink a Coke and have a candy bar and you have a quick sugar rush or a good quick pick-me-up, that is what you're getting is that simple carbohydrate energy rush, all right? The problem with a sustained amount or a constant consistent amount of simple carbohydrates is that whenever you eat, your body elicits what's called an insulin response. That insulin response is where that pick-me-up comes from. So the more insulin that your body secretes and produces, then generates, you know, maybe a larger amount of energy all at one time. So what happens when we eat a lot of simple carbohydrates is we get this high-powered insulin response. I call it, I call it the rocket ship. So you get this rocket ship of energy that fires up really, really quick. Well, if you've seen any cartoon before, right, and anything that goes up, what? Must come down. So even though you get this rocket ship of energy, it doesn't last forever. So at the end of that 30-minute or two-hour period, based on that simple carbohydrate intake, your body then starts to crash. And what happens throughout the course of the average individual's day who doesn't really pay attention to a lot of what they're putting in their body is they put a lot of simple carbohydrates in their body. And when you put a lot of simple carbohydrates in the body, you get this rocket ship, fail, rocket ship, fail, rocket ship, fail. Well, by the time you get to like your third or fourth fail of the day, guess what? It's like two o'clock in the afternoon, right? And you're crashing at your desk, like literally like your eyes are falling down and hitting the desk in front of you. You don't have what it takes. So then what do most people do at this moment at three o'clock? Well, they've identified through some subconscious level that my food intake has messed me up for the day, right? I can't eat any more sugar because I'm so tired. So then what do we turn to? We turn to an alternative known as what? Caffeine. And then we start to use caffeine as a quote unquote fuel source to get us through the rest of the day. You know, so unfortunately that has its all kinds of negative consequences because caffeine is literally a mental stimulant. And so what it does is it increases your cardiovascular production, which increases your heart rate right through the mental mechanism through your heart. And it is basically false energy. So obviously, if you don't have any food coming in, right, then you have no actual energy. And then eventually, the mental energy that is fakely being produced by this caffeine is gonna eventually run out, and then you're gonna what? You're just literally gonna crash, all right? And then basically, you have two options at about 5.30, right? When the kids gotta go to soccer practice and baseball practice, you have options of what? More caffeine or more sugar, right? And that's gonna be the only two real energy sources that are gonna sustain you through the rest of your evening. And it just, that has become a never ending cycle for a lot of individuals. If that is your cycle today, I hope that by the time of the end of this podcast, you start to recognize that, hey, I gotta make a change into how I consume carbohydrates, protein, and my other macronutrients that we'll continue to talk about throughout this series, how I'm gonna continue to, how I'm gonna consume them in the future to prevent this chaos that is going on because that's what's going on is complete chaos because if you can't manage your energy level throughout the day then you can't manage your activity level if you can't manage those two things then you cannot absolutely be the best most productive anything on this planet whether you're a house mom whether or not you have a job whether or not you're an athlete like any of those things are damn near impossible 
if you can't manage your energy levels throughout the day, right? So the idea is, is to really get control of your total body and its energy production and its energy usage through the course of your food intake. So after we talk about short-term energy with carbohydrates, there's now long-term energy carb carbohydrates, which are called complex carbs. So complex carbs are all of your starches. So this is all your vegetables. This is your oats, your grains, your wheats, your barleys, your breads. You know, um, this starts to become the process that's broken down a little bit longer than your simple carbohydrates. It, it runs about two hours to about five hours worth of sustained energy, depending upon how long it takes for your body to break down. So, you know, now you can start planning. Like, here, here's, here's the reality, right? We've been told through all kinds of different avenues that we should all be eating four or five meals a day. Okay, and that is a true answer. Like if you're not eating four or five times a day, more than likely you are possibly struggling with your weight management and you're probably really struggling with your weight loss goals. Okay, so with that being said, four or five meals a day, right? The average person is up about 18 hours a day. We divide it by five. That means you're eating every three and a half hours, right? So if you're eating every three and a half hours, that means that each meal should contain at least at least a protein and at least a complex carb to get you through that next meal time. If your meals are only consisting of protein and simple carbohydrates and you're eating every three and a half hours, guess what happens an hour and a half before meal time? You're out of energy. Like that simple carbohydrate that you had is gone at the two hour mark and yet you somehow have to sustain yourself for the next hour and a half before you have what we call a, as a planned meal. And if you unfortunately aren't, you know, don't have the ability to maintain any level of discipline to get to your planned meal, what's the first option that comes to mind? Snacking, what's the best option to snack? Well, that's why they make gas station convenience stores. That's why they make vending machines. That's why they make, you know, cafeterias inside the hospital, like all those things then become your, your go-to option. And a lot of that is what? More simple carbohydrates. So definitely not a good option when you're thinking about, you know, your, your time management and your weight management and your goals here with your eating pr program. So now carbohydrates, they get a lot, a lot of blame for the type two diabetes, uh, epidemic that we that we continue to have in this country and, and and really at home here in Louisiana which is where I'm based at and where you'll find GFIT NOLA um, here's the thing there's no understanding of what really causes type 2 diabetes okay you can look it up to your blue in the face there are correlations that we have made in the scientific community about type 2 diabetes like we know that the average person that has type 2 diabetes doesn't exercise doesn't watch what they eat and are overweight those are the three things that are the most common denominators of type 2 diabetes okay if you look at the spectrum of individuals that either have you know close to type 2 diabetes like they're on the on, on the scale of having it and those who already have it, if you look at their diets, it's a combination of simple carbs, complex carbs, and fats that have led them down this path. There's no set f amount of food or type of food that really got them there. 
You know, we're all different creatures of habit, right? Like my nemesis might be Mountain Dew. I don't even know if anybody drinks Mountain Dew anymore, but you know, back in the day when I was younger, that was like the go-to sugar. That was the energy drink if you needed energy. They didn't have bangs and monsters when I was in high school. If you needed to pick me up, you went and got yourself a Mountain Dew, right? So there, there are studies where they literally had two people in a room at one time and they literally consumed like a two liter of Mountain Dew for six months straight. And one person might have gotten type 2 diabetes and the other person didn't. Or they both didn't. Or they both did. So there's no set type of food that's going to create diabetes. So I really get disheartened when somebody tells me, oh, I got to watch my sugars. Yes, your blood sugar is what affects your A1C, which also affects your level of of awareness and, and possible diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. But all food creates a blood sugar response in your body so it's not just that now obviously simple sugars create the fastest insulin response which affects this, which affects your blood sugar the most yes but that doesn't mean that it's the cause of your blood sugar being out of control or unmanageable or creating your a1c to be outside of the normal limitations which is then making you diagnosed or, or, or pre-diabetic. So here's what you really need to understand about carbohydrates. Here's what you really need to understand about all food. We talked about this last week with protein, right? I could literally almost eat protein at every meal because protein breaks down so quickly in the body that I don't have to worry about it being stored. Now, carbohydrates are the opposite, though, of protein. Now, I can store carbohydrates to use as an energy source later. Now, with that being said, I need to be strategic about storing this energy, right? First question I have to ask, okay, do I need to store this energy, okay? I'm going to tell you that 97% of the people listening to this podcast, you don't not, you do not, will not, and have no need to store any type of carbohydrates. Why? Because you, when you wake up tomorrow, you can eat again. So there's no necessity for you to store energy throughout the evening unless you have something big planned the next day that's going to require a large amount of energy expenditure. That is the whole definition and whole thought process and science behind what's called carb loading. So if you're a marathon runner, a cyclist, a triathlete, or or anybody who's doing large, I mean large usage of energy that's going to elicit one hour straight plus of, 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 of exercise, continuous exercise, then you can start thinking about the carb loading phase where like, hey, I'm going to need carbs not only from the day before and the day of in order for me to be successful in whatever it is that I'm doing. But if you're not doing those type of events, once you wake up, because all those events usually start at like seven in the morning, guys, like marathons don't happen at noon. Like you don't get to wake up at seven, have your coffee and then stretch and then get out to the racetrack at noon. Now, all those major events, there's a reason why they start so early in the morning is because of that science right there. In order for them to be successful, they've got a carb load the night before. Some people do it two nights before. That's tough on the body because now you're adding, which I'm going to get into, you're adding a lot more water weight to the body. Adding water weight changes your dynamics, your buoyancy, your aerodynamics. It changes how you feel. It changes your weight, which then ultimately affects your performance while you're out there performing that event. But I'm going to get to that in a minute. 
So again, with the carb loading, you got to be systematic about it. And you've got to take in the right carbs. Like pizza is not carb loading. Pizza's number one macronutrient is fat. It's not carbs. So if you're eating pizza to carb load, no wonder why you're struggling on the day of the event. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It's not what you want to be eating as a carb loaded type energy source. All right. So with carbs, they can be stored. So now we really have to start paying attention to when we consume carbs, when we're going to bed, and whether or not we're utilizing all of that energy prior to going to sleep. So carbohydrates convert into something called glycogen, okay? So the most important thing to understand is that glycogen is connected with water. So every time you store a gram of glycogen in the body, which is a gram of stored carbohydrates, four grams of water are sucked into that cell and that's what holds the glycogen in your muscles and in your liver so that you can take that and, you, and optimize it for performance for the next day. Okay, so you get about a 24-hour buffer or so of how long this energy is sustained inside of the muscle and the liver for you to actually use it on, you know, as, as an energy source. So you have to realize that right now, I'll tell you right now, if you're struggling with your weight management, right, and you step on scale, I hear this all the time, AG, I'm hovering between 151 and 153. I say, this is exactly what I say. You're either eating too close to bedtime or your salt's too high in your diet. Oh, I don't eat salt. Gee, you told me I'm not allowed to have salt. So if you're not allowed to have salt, that means that your, your food intake, you're eating something that's still being stored as water weight in the evening time, which tells me that there's something in your diet that is carrying carbohydrates through your sleep, through your sleep cycle. So with that being said, if you're in a weight loss program, regardless really of the carbohydrate that you're consuming, you want to make sure you're at about three and a half hours out before you go to bed at night into consuming your last actual carbohydrate. And to be honest with you, I normally tell my clientele that that afternoon snack, that 3.30, 4 o'clock meal is really where I would cut carbs out. I'll typically advise against no carbs at dinner time, but a lot of people struggle with just staring at a piece of protein on their plate, right? I mean, it, it is kind of lonely. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, we've been trained to have platefuls of food as a common dietary thing. So when you're just a little six ounce or four ounce piece of protein sitting in the middle of the plate and it's got no company, it looks lonely. So that can affect us mentally and, and, and drive us kind of crazy. Like I can't, you know, I can't have any other food. So I usually will say, look, you can have a green veggie with dinner, which yes, it is a starch. Yes, it is a carb. But the thing about green veggies is that they really lack caloric density meaning that a lot of times your body will break that down very quickly. Even though it is a starch and it goes two to five hours, it's usually right in the two to two and a half hour window. So again, if you're eating all your food in your last meal about three and a half hours before bed, you won't have to worry about any carb retention, which means you won't have to worry about any water weight, which means that you will not wake up feeling bloated. That is the number one thing that everybody experiences that works with me is that could you imagine waking up in the morning and feeling skinny every single day so when you lack that carb retention and you lack that water retention in the morning guess what you wake up every single day feeling skinnier and leaner 
and looking better and clothes fit differently and you feel differently and you're taking an extra selfie in the mirror in the morning and you're smiling at yourself and you're talking to yourself about how you how you feel good so you're gonna have this amazing day and then now you're you're doing better at the office and now you're being more productive at work and you're happy around the kids and you're happy around your significant other and your friends are starting to notice that you feel better and look better i mean oh my god it's just a cycle imagine that's you Imagine we stop the process of waking up and feeling uh, like blah, right? And imagine you looking forward to the moment where you wake up, get in the bathroom and start your day. Because that once you start removing carbohydrates systematically at the right time of day, then you can, you can ensure that you have that success. Now, obviously, if you're a nighttime workout person, We've got to figure out when your carbs are taken in and when they're not because, again, we talked earlier that carbohydrates are the primary source of energy in the body. So with them being the primary, you need carbohydrates to work what? Muscles. So if you go to the gym and you work out and you're not consuming carbs, you are literally wasting your time. You need carbohydrates to be successful in an exercise regimen. Bottom line. They run, they do, muscles do not run on protein. Protein rebuilds and repairs the muscle that you're growing through the intake of carbohydrates and, and working out. So we've got to get you taking in carbs at the right time. So again, like there is so much science to carbohydrates. I hope in some way, shape or form or fashion, I have changed your outlook and that you are realizing right now, like whether or not you have the right answer, or the wrong answer, I'm just making you think now, like, man, do I need to start any more carbs or not? And what I'm doing is I'm prepping you for next week. Next week, we're really going to dive into the macronutrient that, that Master G truly believes is killing this country, which is fat. And we're going to really break down and dissect it and we're going to talk about it. So hopefully you've gotten in the mindset like, hey man, maybe I really need to re-identify whether or not I'm taking in the right amount of carbs every day. Maybe I need to re-identify if, if I'm fueling my body the way that it needs to to be productive in all aspects of my life. And whether or not I need to consume carbs the right way also to make sure that my workout regimen, that I'm performing at the best possible level that I can. So that, that's going to wrap up carbohydrates. Stay tuned as we keep dropping more knowledge on everything nutrition. Don't forget to follow me, Master G, a.k.a. Gunny, on Instagram and Facebook. It's Master G, and I'm out this week.